You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Good morning. My name is Ricky. I serve as one of the pastors here. I'm grateful to be able to open God's word with you all this morning. Romans chapter 15, verses 8 through 13 is where we're going to be this morning. Our theme is, our theme is hope. So if you need to go ahead and flip there, we're going to have it up on the screen as well. But Romans 15, verses 8 through 13. I don't want to take your focus away from the word this morning, so I want to go, go, but I do want to go ahead and mention so you can be thinking about it in the back of your mind. As is grace tradition, after the sermon this morning, we're going to have a time of testimonies for you all. For anyone who wants to share of God's goodness in their life this past year, of what he has done, then you're going to have opportunity to, to do just that, to give glory to God in front of us all. And as well, I'm sure your testimony will give encouragement to others as well. It is the first service, so we're being recorded we're live, so keep that in mind, too, um, that, that we're, we're on uh, Facebook Live right now as you share your testimony. But don't, don't let that scare you away. Um, I'll, I won't remind you again, so maybe you'll forget, and you'll still share. And I can say, well, I reminded you. Uh, but we'd love to hear from some of you this morning to share your testimony after we finish up the, the sermon here. Well, let's begin our time just going to the Lord in prayer, if you will join me. Father, we come before you this morning from many different homes, many different families, uh, gathered here, though, for one purpose, to meet with you. Father, we pray that as we gather together and met by you, Father, that we'll be encouraged, that we will have hope. Lord, settle our hearts, settle, settle our minds, open them to receive your word, that we may have faith to believe. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Well, this past Wednesday, I went to my second ever Hurricanes game. So Olson and I were gifted a couple of tickets, went with Josh over here, and we went to the Hurricanes game on Wednesday night. It was a blast. They lost, but it was still fun to get to go to a game. But we went for a purpose to see the Hurricanes win, right? Or do we go to see a fight on the ice? Which, which do you think? Uh, we, we, I mean, that's always a bonus. But we went to see the Hurricanes win. We wanted to, we wanted to see the goal scored. We wanted, I wanted to hear the big horn go. If you've been in there and you hear that big like locomotive horn, they blow. I wanted my ears to hurt. Uh, that was kind of the goal, to see them win and take in everything that comes about from them winning a hockey game. So Wednesday night, 18,000 of my friends I've never met, we came together under the common goal we wanted the Hurricanes to win on Wednesday night. Man, it's fun to come together with that many people with a common goal. And then this past Thursday, I, with my family, and I'm sure many of you with your family, you came together for a common goal, for the Thanksgiving drink beverage selection, right? No, not at all. You came together for the food, for the menu. At least that's why I come together on Thanksgiving. Some of you, especially ladies, will say, no, it's for the time of Thanksgiving. It's for us to express things together. Sure, but we're there for the food. That's the main, the main reason we come together to enjoy the meal. Man, it's fun to come together and to enjoy that meal together. This morning, you all got up. You put on your rain jackets, maybe grabbed your umbrella, and you have come here for a reason. You didn't come here this morning to hear some nice music or to hear a, what's, what, a nice speech. Just like we didn't go to the hockey game to see a fight. We didn't go to Thanksgiving for drinks. No, there's a purpose we come together. 
We came here together this morning because we want to meet with God. And there is something special that happens when we as a church come together because he is the one who's brought us together. This morning from different, different addresses and different cars, different families, different backgrounds, he's brought us here together under one goal, to give glory to God. He brings different kinds of people together. I love it. Even at a hockey game last Wednesday night, man's fallen state is on full display. We saw plenty of intoxicated people. But even in that time together, as I reflected later, man, God gave me a glimpse of heaven, I think, of all of us coming together. Even on Thursday, as many of you may have sat around a table, sometimes family scars can turn our joy into pain as we sit around those tables. But even still, God gives us a glimpse of heaven in those moments, I believe. This morning, even this morning, you come together to meet with God. But even as we're here together, you may be reminded of your sin and you may be tempted to be ashamed. But even still, God gives us a glimpse of heaven as we come together. Despite our differences, we have many of them between all of us in this room. Whenever we come together, God is doing something in us and it all to make us hopeful. Because New Testament Christianity, it shows us that the Christian life, it's not a, it's not a hermit life. The Christian life isn't one where you're, you're isolated, you draw back and you become cynical. No, the Christian life, it's a, it's a crowded life where we're, where we're together. It's, it's diverse. And yet, despite its challenges, it's, it's hopeful. God gives us a glimpse of heaven whenever we come together. And as mentioned this morning, our theme is hope. That's our, that's our Advent theme this morning. And while we're together, I want you to know that you may abound in hope. We're here to meet with God. And I have great news that God has come to meet with us. I want you to see God working in our coming together this morning so that you may abound in hope. There's a pastor, John Corson, who I just learned of this past week. Um, looked up, he's got quite a story. Um, he's, I believe, like Calvary Chapel. He was toward the beginning of that and had a lot to do with that. And reading some of his thoughts were great. And I thought, man, he gives a great definition of, of hope here. We can all give definitions of hope. And I'm sure there are plenty that are better than this one. But this one resonated this week as I studied our passage. He says this, that hope is the absolute expectation of coming good. Hope is the antidote for our divisiveness and defensiveness. And throughout scripture, hope is most often referred to in conjunction with the coming of Jesus Christ. No matter your circumstances this morning, I want you to know that you can have hope. From whatever you experienced this past week, from whatever you drove in this morning, whatever is on your heart and mind, I want you to know that God is working something glorious even in the mess of your world. You can have hope. This morning, you can remain seated. We're going we're gonna to work our way through the passage. Typically, we stand up, but for the, the sake of time, so we have plenty of time for testimonies, I'm, I'm not going to read all the passage at once. We're just going to kind of work our way through these few verses, and you can remain seated as you hear the word of the Lord. Beginning with Romans 15, verse 8, Paul says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. 
I love this. Jesus came to serve. This past week, many of you served in many different ways. I trust many of you stood around the stove. Many of you grabbed the extra chairs. You, you grabbed the extra tables and you set them up. A lot of you drug out Christmas decorations. Over the last couple of days, you've served in many ways. And boy, it's good to hear that Jesus came to serve. Paul says Jesus became a servant. Not, not that he served and now he is gone and he's, he's kicked back in the recliner, he's watching football and he's gonna take a nap. No, but he is still serving. Even now, Jesus is serving to confirm the promises of God. I want you to know that you may abound in hope because God's promises are true. Jesus became a servant to confirm the promises of God, his truthfulness. You may abound in hope. No matter your circumstances this morning, no matter the weather, what you experienced Thursday or what you have coming up later this month, you may abound in hope because God's promises are true. Way back, Genesis chapter 12, you're going to read some of this in home group this, this week. God made a promise to Abraham, patriarch Abraham. He said, from you, the world will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. In Jesus, he's showing us the truthfulness of God and how he confirms the promises of God. Jesus came from Abraham's people. It's true. From Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus has confirmed the truthfulness of God. We can come together this morning. We can abound in hope because God's promises, they are true. Here, verse 8 again, in the first part of verse 9. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So Paul is saying, not only are the promises of God true, you may abound in hope. He's also saying God is merciful, and his mercy even extends to the Gentiles. His mercy is available for all. You may abound in hope this morning. Jesus, he came as a servant to serve the Jews, the circumcised, his people, and he came also to serve the Gentiles, everybody else, all of us here this morning by showing us the mercy of God. Why? So that we might glorify him, as we're going to see in a few verses. His promises are true. His mercy is for everyone. This past week, I was two hours away, Florence, South Carolina. That's where my in-laws live. That's where my wife grew up. So we take the not very far, but very long around Thanksgiving trip as 95, just is at a crawl many times, took the trip to Florence, South Carolina. But before we were married, over 18 years ago, I made the trip from Alabama, I-20, all the way down to Florence to meet April's parents. I walked up that first time, I knocked on the door, and I waited. I went into the kitchen, and I asked for a glass before I had a drink. Whenever we sat down around the table and they had a newspaper of Black Friday ads, I asked if I may look at the ads. That's before I belong. But now, I belong. We pull up. I might be the first one in. I grab me a Diet Coke. I sit down and grab the ads and watch football. I don't have to ask anymore. I'm in the family. I belong now. I don't have to knock. 
They love me. They receive me as if I'm their own because I am their own. Their daughter loves me, has married me, has brought me into the family through marriage. And they receive me and give me all the benefits. They're merciful to me. They have chosen to include me. They treat me as a son, and I receive all the benefits of their family. You may have hope because God's promises are true, and you may have hope because God's mercy is for everyone. Everyone can receive the benefits of being God's people. His mercy is shown when he actually doesn't give us what we deserve. We who are Gentiles, those who who aren't Jews, by the mercy of God, he has shown us that we can be his in Jesus. Man, we too have a seat at the table. We have access to all the benefits of being a part of the family. Look at verse 9 again, the second part of verse 9. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Paul's showing us in the the next few verses here, actually verses 9 through 12, he's showing us that God's plan, it's always been, it's always been for the Jews and Gentiles to be his people. It's always been to bring together so that from all nation, every tribe, every tongue may be represented as his people. And then Paul's going to show us, he's like, look back, look at the law in these verses, look look at the prophets, Look, look at the writings He's showing us from the Old Testament, this has always been God's plan. That we can all experience the mercy of God. And I love in in Paul's proof that he's giving us in in these texts from the Old Testament, I love the singing. I love the singing. There's just something about humanity, again, that should give us hope. Whenever we come together, we sing this morning. Whether you're driving to the grandparents' house, you sing, or you're decorating the tree, or if it's the seventh inning stretch, what do we do when we come together? We, we sing. We have these little cheers and these singing that we do together. First in verse 9, Paul takes us back to David, announcing how we will sing praises among the Gentiles. Look at that verse again. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. So David's singing these praises in front of the Gentiles. And then look at verse 10. And again, it is said, Paul saying, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. David sings in front of the Gentiles. And now we see rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Now we're invited to praise with God's people. Verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all peoples extol him together. One people. Now we see the Gentiles and the Jews together praising God. God's plan has always been for the Jews and the Gentiles, people from all nations, to be his people. God's mercy is for all. April's parents are no longer surprised whenever we pull up on Thanksgiving Day and she's got a big guy and five kids in tow. No, because the plan has always been for that to happen. The plan's always been that one day they're going to grab the leaf and put it in the table. They're going to have to pull together the extra chairs. One day there would be a kid's table in their house. That's, that's, that's been the plan. God's plan has always been to show his mercy to you. Confirmed in Jesus that his promises are true. His mercy is for all. The plan has been that we all be a part of the family of God. 
and that we come together and share in singing his praises. Some of you might not be able to resonate with the illustrations. Maybe you found yourself this past week alone on Thanksgiving. I want you to know that's not what your eternity will be like. That's not it. Verses 9 through 11 gives us a snapshot of what your eternity is going to be like. This past Thursday may not have been that snapshot, but verses 9 through 11, we see alone no more. No, but brought together as the people of God, singing praises to God. So no matter your circumstances today, November 27th, 2022, I want you to know that God keeps his promises, that God's mercy is for all. It's for you. It's even for me. Man, you may abound in hope. Verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. We've had a couple of frost already this year. I love it. Bring it on. I love the cold weather. And whenever that happens, though, I have these, like, monkey grass that's along my driveway that, that starts, along, along my sidewalk that starts to die. So once we have a couple of frosts, they start to turn brown. They start to kind of rot, and they, they look ugly. So what I'll do here in a couple of weeks is I'm going to go through. I do this every year, and I just cut them off at the, at the base there, at the, at the root of the plant. Just do away with all the old, rotten, hopeless fruit there. Do away with it. And then over time, the leaves will start to fall even more so, and they'll pile up over it this winter, even so much so that I'll forget exactly how many plants I have planted, much less where they, where they are. I have, I have no idea. Don't know. But sure enough, spring will come. And whenever spring comes from that dead-looking plant that's been covered with grass, even forgotten, covered with leaves, even forgotten, there will come a shoot of grass. The Jewish people, Abraham's descendants, they were awaiting the promises of God. Felt forgotten. They were oppressed without a ruler. Hopeless. How can they be a blessing to all families in the earth with their current state? I'm sure they were asking, how could God's promises be true? Talk about hopeless and dead until a root shot up from the line of Jesse. Abraham's descendant, Jesus, he confirms the promises of God. Jesus shows mercy for all people. And Jesus is the one that came from Abraham's descendants to be a blessing to all nations. So you're starting to see the reason that we may abound in hope? I've given you some true things that God's promises are true, that his mercy is for all. But you see what this all falls under? Jesus, who is our servant. It's through Jesus. Jesus is the reason that you may have hope. Pastor John Corson also said that Jesus came to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. I like the way this is written. The Jews saw God's truth in Jesus. The Gentiles saw his mercy. Jesus. He's the reason so that you may abound in hope. Verse 12 shows us that God's plan for Jews and Gentiles alike to come under the rule of King Jesus. You can abound in hope this morning because his promises are true. His mercy is for all and because Jesus is our king. That's been the plan. 
Jesus is our king. But some of you, you might not feel that you belong much in the family of God. I'm glad you're here. Maybe some watching online. Maybe you're not so sure you belong to the family of God. You don't know if you can be under that rule because you don't quite know if you fit in with us, with the people. You don't know if you could play the part. Maybe you don't have the church clothes. Maybe you don't have the put together the speech. You're just not good at having it all, having it all together. God's mercy is for all. I want you instead to stop looking at your circumstances and to look at your king who has arisen. And I want you to know that you may abound in hope. Don't look and be afraid. Don't look to Jesus and be afraid because he is not a ruler who is a tyrant. No, Jesus is a ruler who serves. A servant, he serves in showing us that God can be trusted. And he serves in showing us that God is merciful. And bowing down to his rule, it's costly. It'll cost you your plans. It'll cost you your everything. But you gain a new family. You gain a new family that you don't deserve, and you also gain a new eternity that you now will have. Talk about, talk about gathering around the table. Talk about reunions. Heaven is going to be glorious whenever we all come together, and Jesus is the reason that you may abound in hope. Verse 13, our final verse, Paul says in this benediction, in this, in this prayer, like this goodness that he has just given The Roman Christians, he now says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's like one of those big jawbreakers you could just work on for days. There's such goodness in these verses. In the season of asking, no doubt you've seen the commercials, you've gotten the papers, we're just conditioned this year, this time every year to ask for what we don't yet have. What we can't afford for ourselves, this is what we want to ask for. That's what we're conditioned to do this time of year. May I instead offer you something. May I instead offer you something that you too can't buy. It can only be given. The only hope that comes from Jesus. Biblical hope. May I offer that to you this morning. He is the only source of hope. Jesus served. He came wrapped in a manger and then unwrapped on the cross. He came to serve as a man of sorrows so that you may have joy and peace. Hope. May I offer that to you. Only available through Jesus. He came so that you may abound in hope. How how might you receive this gift? Ricky, you're, you're offering it to me. How do I receive it? There's no drawing a name. There's no exchange required. No, you simply open up your empty hands of faith and you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And you submit your life to his rule and reign. You surrender. When you believe, you're now a part of the family of God. You receive all the benefits. There's a chair at the table for you. And although you may look different on the outside, God's family is made up of Jews and Gentiles. God's family is joined to him on the inside. 
It's glorious. It's even miraculous. It's supernatural. God's family, different on the outside, joined to him through the inside, the power of the Holy Spirit. You no longer have to muster up being hopeful on your own. You no longer have to put a spin on things and work to put things in place. No. No matter your circumstances, you may abound in hope because it's not coming from outside of you. Your hope is coming from within you, powered by the Holy Spirit, and he is filling you with peace and joy. So today, may you be filled with hope. Tomorrow, may you be filled with hope. For all of eternity, may you be filled with hope. Not because your tables are full or the space under your tree is full. No, but because God keeps his promise, you may abound in hope. Because God is merciful, you may abound in hope. Because Jesus is our king, you may abound in hope. And because he powers us through the Holy Spirit, giving us joy and peace, you may abound in hope. God's gift to his children this season and for all time, is himself. That's God's gift to you, Jesus himself. Purchased in Jesus and secured in the Holy Spirit so that you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for biblical hope for certain hope. Lord, thank you for saving us from our sin. Thank you for giving us eternity with you. Lord, thank you for keeping us to the end. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as promised, we have a bit of time for you all to be able to express your thankfulness to God. And I want to begin by reading a, a verse of scripture for us, and we're going to have a couple of mics on the, on the floor, so if you're on this side, just catch Neil's eye, and Neil will bring a mic, and then David's going to be on this side. If you would like to share, just catch David's eye, give him a wave, and he'll bring you a mic and give you opportunity to share. And we'll take a bit of time for this. We have some time, and if no one's sharing for a little bit, we'll let it be awkward for a little bit, right? You got to. You got to. We're grown-ups. We'll pretend like we're not afraid of awkward, and we'll let it sit silent for a few minutes if we need to. Give plenty of time for those who are still deciding, and you'll have opportunity to share. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So who'd like to begin with giving a testimony of thanks of what God has done in your life? over this past year? Well, <clears throat> many of you may know that uh, our second oldest grandson was in the bus at UVA when the shooting occurred. And he was standing right next to the first young man that was killed. And as, as he told me Thursday at Thanksgiving dinner, I got blood on me. But as we stood around, we had the 12 McLaughlins all together. Our California crew came in just because of this. They wanted to be with Eli and support Eli. And as I stood in 
and we, we stood in a circle and prayed. I was so thankful that Eli was there, alive and well. And yet, at the same time, greatly saddened, three great young men killed. Friends of my grandson were killed. And uh, he's going through that. But so thankful that the Lord spared him. And so thankful that our family loves each other enough. Some are saved, some are not. Pray for the ones that are not saved. And pray for Eli, who is saved. But as I stood, I was so thankful that we were together. That we love each other. And that God is looking after us. Even those who are not saved yet. They will be. That's our hope. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Mm, so many times in situations like that, and rightfully so, we, we feel the pain for the other people. We may even have questions, but I appreciate your testimony and that you see where God has you, the situation he has you, and just say thank you. <laughs> thank you that Eli is there and for his goodness in your situation in that. So, yeah, we're very grateful with you. He's okay. Mr. Ron here in the middle. Good morning. There's a couple of issues I'd like to bring to your attention. The first off being about three years ago, the Bart family sitting nowhere adopted Mary and I pretty much into their family. This last Thanksgiving, we had the joy of celebrating Thanksgiving with them and a number of college students. And just want you to know I love them all dearly. We're, we're very blessed to have them in this congregation with us. Another issue that happened this year, some of you are aware of, we had a tree fall in our house back on June 17th, big tall pine tree. It took out two walls of our screened-in porch plus the roof and landed on the roof of our bedroom. It was about as close as me to, well, it was even closer than me to Jim here, back here. I was sitting here in my recliner and when something like that happens, I normally call Steven Eisenberg. He's our go-to man for house repairs. Well, that evening, it was about 6.30, I called Steven is Stephen here? No? Okay. Well, bless his heart. He's our go-to guy. And that same evening, he, he rounded up a good number of men and his own family from this congregation, brought them out to our house, get that tree off of our house, put tarps on the roof so we keep us out of the rain. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a congregation that so easily displays the love of God just through their simple actions. Thank you. Zach over here, and Stephen's a good one, and he called his army, his go-to guys, quite a few people there. We love you, Mr. Ryan. Morning. <clears throat> um, I'm very grateful to be here this morning and get to express gratitude for two new baby girls that are home. Um, most everybody knows that it was kind of a rough journey, but I'm so grateful to have a church family that 
has wrapped their arms around us and made meals, prayed, um, had couches for us to sit on and talk with uh, folks. So God is good. Uh, We give him the glory. And I just want to share thanks and gratitude for our church family. Zach, will you tell us tell us their their names and how old they are right now? I'll put you yep. on the spot. You don't have to get the day exact. You know, I'll probably mess it up now. Yeah. Um, Maureen Luella is the oldest by two minutes, and then Benita Pearl is the youngest by two minutes. So, um, Maureen was born uh, four pounds, uh, four and a quarter pounds, and uh, Benita was born at three and a quarter pounds. And so, beautiful. Um, you know, the first the first time we became aware that there was a challenge was at 23 weeks, um, and Benita was 15 ounces at that time. So we're grateful for those extra 10 weeks that God granted us, and they're all doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's great. In the back corner. Good morning. My name is Brad King. A year ago, Thanksgiving, I suffered a stroke. And some of you all here helped us at the house. So grateful for that. Got invitations to come here several times. I'm finally here. Most grateful for my wife, who has a husband who sometimes falls down and can't get up. And I weigh 176 pounds which is nearly twice her size. So I thank God for my wife. Good to be here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. This side's killing you guys. You're going to step it up. Mm-hmm. We got another one, Ted, back here. I'm very thankful for Thanksgiving season. Well, one big reason is that we do often get together as families, and we're very grateful, Gail and I are, for our three kids and their spouses and four grandchildren. And, of course, our little house was bulging at the seams, but it was wonderful. We had a great time sharing together and just um, spending time. And, of course, uh, guys like to watch football and, you know, soccer and all that. Uh, So that's, that's what entertains them. But we had a great time. Uh, just enjoying good food together and fellowshipping together. And, and just the fact that all of our kids and their spouses and our children know Christ as our Savior, that's also a great blessing. So yeah. I'm thankful again for God's blessings in our lives. Yes, absolutely. I just knew you were going to say Thanksgiving's also hunting season. I'm thankful for that. So you tricked me. Oh, we got one. Julia, back from Pennsylvania this morning, right? You guys came back Friday? Julia and Ryland? Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to talk about um, we've been gone for eight months, got to stay with our family in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, um, which was a huge blessing and um, other challenges as well. Went through a lot of family trauma. <laughs> Sorry, but it was good to be with my family in that time, and there's a lot to be resolved still, so sorry. 
and we didn't have a church family for four months, which was really hard. Um, but fortunately, in that time, we were able to come down to North Carolina, or we had visitors the first week we moved there, which was awesome. Um, the last four months, we did find a gospel preaching church, and they were our temporary family. Um, it was a lot better, and just God bringing us through those eight months, and then we arrived on Friday at 6 o'clock, and then Saturday had 11 people from our church come and help us set up the house, where now we're in the Eisenberg's old house, so it's just a huge blessing to be home and part of this church family. We love you guys. Yeah. Welcome home. Hi everyone, I'm Tammy from South Africa and I play tennis at Campbell and I have a teammate, Miali, from Madagascar and she came from a Catholic background in Madagascar and she, she lost her mom a few years ago and she was always so scared, she was like, Where, where's her mom? And I started inviting her to come here last year and she actually got saved here through the teaching here like this year. So that's been awesome to experience. So Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. We're not even 10 o'clock yet. Give us some time, a few more minutes. Mr. Tom back here. Yeah, my name's Tom Rogers. Uh, we moved to North Carolina here so my wife could be near her brother. And um, while we've been here, uh, her brother's daughter got married and was trying to have children. Well. She had two miscarriages, and it's probably because of the pandemic. I, I don't know that for a fact, but it could have been. But we've been praying. That just four months ago, she had twins, twin boys, right. and we're thankful for that. Absolutely. Scott. All right, anyone else? We won't let it ring too long. We'll give you one more opportunity. Well, I'll just say briefly, uh, in Matthew 5, when Jesus reminds us that we don't need to be worrying because each day has sufficient trouble of its own. Uh, through the last year, we've been learning how to live day to day with uh, type 1 diabetes with our four-year-old Rosie. And it has 
been much, very much a roller coaster. Every day seems to be different in how her body responds, how her sugar responds, how our family life is going. Uh, but uh, it has helped in a, in a small spiritual discipline kind of way uh, for me and for Sarah, especially to, to take each day as it comes and to not let the fullness of a whole year of diabetes like be overwhelming, which it is when it sounds like that. Uh, but to let each day be sufficient in its trouble and let God's grace be sufficient for us in our weakness day to day. And so for the last year, as difficult as it is, and as most people say, I don't know how you do it. We don't either. <laughs> it's, it's literally taking it day to day and trusting the Lord to be sufficient for us and sufficient for Rosie as we learn how to do this thing. All right, one more. Is there anyone else who would want to share? Okay. Oh, did you get one? Mr. Lee. All right, Mr. Lee, thank you for sharing. Oh, we got the microphone behind you there, Mr. Lee. That way we can all hear you. There we go. Perfect. I just want to uh, th- thank you for, uh, or, or thank, thank, thank everybody for um, I'm, 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 I can't I, I forget a lot of stuff. Let me hold it for you. That's okay. You got it? <laughs> yeah. All right. And um, so I just want to be thankful that I've made it to 70, 70 years. <laughs> and I was going to say something else, but I can't think of it. So but <laughs> anyway, thanks. <Yes. laughs> hey, you're thankful. That's good. Same here. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mr. Tom. Yeah, my my wife Michelle loves children, and uh, so uh, she gets to go over there every Monday with her brother because uh, Chelsea has to work. She works at home, but she can't take care of the two kids. So her brother and Michelle go over and spend Tuesdays together taking care of the kids, and she just loves it. It's one of God's graces for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amazing how many many times you're serving is, of course, is a blessing to to you, as much as it is to those you're serving. Okay, well we're gonna now end our time with singing and praise to the Lord. So if you'll go to prayer with me, and then we'll sing a song together. Father, we do come before you thankful. Thankful for everyone in this room that we've gathered together, our brothers and sisters in Christ, with whom we'll spend all of eternity. Father, I pray that you'll give us uh, perspective. Father, give us, give us hope. Father, we pray that you'll comfort us with the truths of your word, even as we remind them to ourselves as we sing your truths. Lord, may our hearts be encouraged. May we be grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.